Hello and welcome to Working Historians, a podcast series where we discuss what historians do with their lives. I am Rob Denning, Associate Dean for Liberal Arts for Southern New Hampshire University's online history programs. Assuming that you're listening to this on the day it was released, today is June 19th, 2022, Juneteenth, which is the newest and also one of the oldest holidays in the United States. My employer, Southern New Hampshire University, is celebrating Juneteenth officially for the first time this year, and they asked me to provide some quick talking points on the holiday. Now, memo to public relations professionals, never ask a historian for quick talking points. A week later, I responded with seven full pages on the history of Juneteenth, its origins, its evolution, and its characteristics. I'm not sure what's going to happen with all of that. I doubt much of it will make it into any kind of press release, uh, but I've decided to share my findings here for posterity. Now, Juneteenth is the commemoration of Union General Gordon Granger's announcement in the city of Galveston on June 19, 1865, that, quote, the people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free, end quote. Gordon's announcement, recorded as General Order No. 3 and published in newspapers throughout the Galveston area, referred to the Emancipation Proclamation, which was first proposed by President Abraham Lincoln in late 1862 and issued as an executive order on January 1, 1863. That proclamation stated that all enslaved people in Confederate-held territory, quote, are and henceforward shall be free, end quote. Slave owners and other white people in those Confederate-held territories were naturally hesitant to spread the news of the Emancipation Proclamation, though, so it took a while for it to spread to all those areas. Because Texas was on the, quote, outer fringe of the Confederacy, end quote, according to historian Melvin Banks, it had seen little fighting and, quote, slavery for the most part went undisturbed in Texas during the Civil War, end quote. With the arrival of federal troops and General Granger's announcement in Galveston, though, news of the Emancipation Proclamation had spread throughout the entirety of the former Confederacy. Textbooks often portray the ratification of the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which formally eradicated slavery throughout the United States, except as punishment for a crime, in December of 1865 as the culmination of the abolitionist movement in the United States. But for enslaved blacks, the most visceral and memorable moment was often the time that they first heard in person, rather than through the rumor mill, that they were in fact free. As Mary Anderson, a former slave in North Carolina, remembered it in an interview with the Federal Writers Project in 1937, Union soldiers, quote, stacked their shining guns and began to build fires and cook. They called the slaves, saying, you are free. Slaves were whooping and laughing and acting like they were crazy. Yankee soldiers were shaking hands with the Negroes and calling them Sam, Dinah, Sarah, and asking them questions. They busted the door to the smokehouse and got all the hams. They went to the ice house and got several barrels of brandy, and such a time. The Negroes and Yankees were cooking and eating together. The Yankees told them to come and join them. They were free. End quote. News regarding emancipation arrived in different places at different times. The freed slaves celebrated the arrival of the news and, later, the anniversaries of those dates in celebrations often called jubilees. Former slaves in and around Galveston held their annual jubilee on June 19th each year. By the late 19th or early 20th centuries, locals began calling the celebration Juneteenth, a portmanteau of June 19th. 
The word Juneteenth was common enough by the first decade of the 20th century that the term was used in a magazine published in Austin, Texas in 1909 with no explanation or definition because they didn't feel it was necessary. Juneteenth activities varied widely from year to year and from place to place. The larger celebrations attracted blacks from throughout the area. Quote, extra trains on the railroad have been obtained, unquote, to transport blacks to a Juneteenth celebration in Indianola, Texas, on June 19, 1877. In 1891, blacks celebrated the 19th in Cold Springs, where, quote, they had a basket dinner and several debates. They marched through the streets several times during the day. A large crowd was in attendance and everything passed off quietly, according, end quote, according to the Galveston Daily News. Quote, the 28th anniversary of the emancipation of the colored population was celebrated by the 19th of June committee in Galveston yesterday in grand style, end quote, reported that same newspaper in 1893. Participants celebrated by, quote, dancing and other amusements. There were several hundred present and everything passed off pleasantly and with the best of good order, end quote. In that same year, in Brenham, Quote, there was a procession this morning headed by a brass band, and the rest of the day was spent in speech-making, games for children, a game of baseball between the Lone Star and the Strikers, and other amusements, concluding with a dance tonight, end quote. Not all of the celebrations were harmonious. In some areas, tensions between rural and urban blacks prevented the displays of unity that were prevalent elsewhere. As the Galveston Daily News noted in 1893, for, quote, for several years past, the colored people of Belton and the adjacent country have been unable to agree and unite in the celebration of their anniversary of freedom, end quote. And 1893 was no exception. Quote, one crowd has a picnic at the fairgrounds, while another has a barbecue on the Tyler farm a few miles from town. Whether from their internal dissensions or other causes is not known, but they do not seem to be entering into their celebrations with as much zest and enthusiasm this year as formerly, the crowds at either place not being as large as usual. End quote. Similarly, quote, the colored people of San Antonio and surrounding sections commemorated the anniversary today by two separate celebrations. There were two parades by the opposing factions during the forenoon, and the afternoon was spent in dancing and other amusements. End quote. Now, some of these divisions were probably uniquely local and political, as such things tend to be throughout American history. But some of these divisions could have developed as the legal and social conditions changed for blacks in Texas and throughout the South from the jubilation of emancipation in the 1860s through Jim Crow segregation in the 1890s and beyond. Juneteenth and other Jubilee celebrations declined in frequency and popularity in the early 20th century as segregation laws removed blacks from the public sphere throughout the South and as blacks moved north and west in search of work during the Great Migrations. Jubilees like Juneteenth also fell out of favor because of the development of an integrationist view of race relations around the turn of the 20th century. Under this view, most popularly associated with Booker T. Washington, Racial equality would come through cooperation and collaboration with whites rather than focusing on differences between the races. Under this view, blacks sought to detach themselves from historical stigmas and stereotypes, and Juneteenth was, in many instances, a victim of that new ideology. In the mid-20th century, leaders of the civil rights movement, as part of their effort to build a common narrative for the black struggle for political and social equality in the United States, 
chose Juneteenth to represent all of the different jubilees at the national level. Juneteenth celebrations soon appeared across the country, or reappeared across the country, from Atlanta to San Francisco throughout the second half of the 20th century. Juneteenth returned to Houston in 1874, and Fort Worth expected 30,000 attendees for its first revived Juneteenth celebration in 1975. The nature of Juneteenth celebrations changed in the new era also. Quote, instead of just a day of picnics and parades, the New York Times noted of the celebrations in Houston in the 1980s, Juneteenth has become a week of educational events and concerts. There will be fireworks Monday night. There will also be a health and family fair with medical screenings, booths on nutrition, and free immunizations for children, end quote. In Galveston, where Juneteenth began in 1865, this year's program spans most of June and includes a parade, picnic, dances, historical reenactments, a poetry festival, business summit, and numerous other opportunities for recreation and volunteerism. Official recognition of Juneteenth began as the Texas State Legislature named it a state holiday in 1980. Al Edwards, a Democrat in the Texas House of Representatives, introduced HB 1016 on February 12, 1979, adding June 19th to the list of official state holidays. Now, the progressiveness of this edition is mitigated somewhat by the concurrent edition of January 19th, aka Confederate Heroes Day, to the list in that same bill. By 2021, every state except South Dakota recognized Juneteenth as a holiday. To be fair, legislators in South Dakota had tried to make Juneteenth a state holiday for years. They had encountered some resistance from business groups who objected to the need for what they presumed would be a paid holiday. State Senator Reynold Nesiba, who introduced one of those bills, noted that there, quote, there really weren't any strong opponents to the bill, just a general sense that they didn't want one more holiday. I think somebody said that it could be potentially divisive, end quote. A decades-long campaign for a national holiday bore fruit in 2021 as Congress passed and President Joe Biden signed the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act, adding Juneteenth to the list of federal holidays that had not changed since the addition of Martin Luther King Day back in 1983. Now, the famous black abolitionist Frederick Douglass asked white Americans in 1852, what to the slave is the 4th of July? In that speech, delivered to the Rochester Ladies Anti-Slavery Society, Douglas noted that, quote, The blessings in which you, this day, rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence, bequeathed by your fathers, is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought life and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. End quote. Emancipation from slavery came to the last enslaved people in Texas almost 13 years after Douglas's speech. Emancipation did not bring immediate justice, liberty, prosperity, or independence to black Americans, of course, but it started the process that we are still working through today. Juneteenth is the best-known celebration of emancipation, independence, and achievement for black people in the United States and should be celebrated by all. In addition to the recreation that often accompanies three-day weekends around federal holidays, I hope everybody will look for their local Juneteenth festivities and find some way to celebrate and uplift the history and accomplishment of their communities, their neighbors, and their fellow Americans. 
Now, thank you for joining me in this brief introduction to Juneteenth. This episode appears on the Working Historians podcast feed, and you can subscribe to that feed on any podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Lyceum, SoundCloud, or whatever else you prefer. That way you won't miss any episodes and you'll continue to hear about all the other cool stuff that historians do with their lives. If you have any questions or comments for this or any of our other podcasts, please send us a message to workinghistorians at gmail.com or through our Twitter feed at WorkHistorians. I'm Rob Denning. Go find a Juneteenth festival. You won't regret it.